Yo, what's happening, everybody? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Going great, right? I, I assumed I, I was part of everybody. I so. was. Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. But um, today's episode five time. Yeah. Five episodes in, in one week. I would say we did it, right? Yeah. That's pretty. That's I think that's a pretty big uh, achievement. Um, so if we can stay personally. consistent with that, then <laughs> you guys should have plenty of stuff to road trip to. Definitely. And today we have a really, really awesome, very intelligent, very knowledgeable um, talent manager, and his name is Chris Giovanni. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> feel special. Yeah. You are special, man. Um, I, we believe that everybody you meet in life has some sort of lesson or knowledge yeah. that yeah. they can share, and you know that's why we want to bring you on. You're very knowledgeable. Um. Thank you. you know, I mean, it's definitely been a blessing opening two bi-coastal offices, having, you know, good clients and yeah, this industry always takes you for a loop. So before you're talking truth. about it. Yeah, definitely. What you said you just opened up I know I know we've we've talked about this, the New York office. Um, how long did it take between going from Los Angeles and then opening New York? Okay. Well actually it's a funny story. Um I had said two years ago I was like, before thirty, I'm gonna have two offices both in LA and yeah. New York. And so I ended up actually hosting a competition out in New York over the summer. And mm. so I had some downtime. I was like, let me look at some office spaces. Let me just fill it out and see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, ended up meeting with two. First one was, eh, you know, and then I met the second one. Went around. Guy was perfect. I took a shot. I was just like, okay, I'll sign the lease. Let's do it. Had nice. two offices at 27. Wow. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Take risks. That's what you have to do. And then, where are you from? Are you from LA? Originally from LA, born and raised. Yeah. Never be anywhere else. LA is my city. Yeah. Uh, wow. So, like, what kind of LA secrets do you know that you know the the average person that's just moved to LA in the last couple years doesn't really know? Uh, I think when you're from Los Angeles, like you know the the, the landscape of the city, how to operate it. Um, a lot of people don't understand, like, when you come here and you make that investment, whether it's yeah. entertainment, music, anything in that capacity, you have to have multiple streams of income. Yeah. You know? mm. And a lot of people come here and they just, they think they take it with them. They think they're going to be the next Will Smith or yeah. they don't have the next, you know, YG or any album out there. And it's like, that's not how it works. You right. have to work at it consistently. Yeah. And just be smart, wise, you know, look at people and get to know them before you take everything they say, you know take everything at face value yeah first. someone someone just told me that same thing they were uh, we had a was it with christian uh, one of the guys that we so. had a or was it with ivan we've a lot of our guests have been coming at us with some really really like intense knowledge but i believe one of them said that although we you know someone could come to you with an opportunity that looks nice and looks very promising you don't know that person and exactly what you said you have to get to know these people before you just take a risk like that oh absolutely i mean even me as a manager um when i started when i was 19 uh, i i made a lot of mistakes because i trusted people without actually researching so you know if someone come to me and they say oh well i'm working on this feature film and it has this budget behind it I'm like, okay, yeah. let me get behind it. And then, of course, you you know, two, three months, it falls out. So I learned, of course, with age and knowledge and wisdom and experience that everything takes time to develop. And eventually the truth always comes to light if it's worth it. And if it's meant to be, it always happens, you know. Yeah. So. That's very true. I, I think... I think a lot of people like there there's a there's a balance between working hard but also having and a faith fate yeah yes because some people are just destined for whatever you're gonna yeah. end up as but and yeah. some people kind of have things that happen to them that that lead them towards a direction but ultimately what's meant for you is going to find you one way or another Absolutely. And I think a lot of the times, uh, especially with my clients, I tell them, don't wait for the opportunity to come because you end up waiting and someone else takes it. You know, you got to definitely make it every day an everyday effort. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's up? Nothing much. No. What's up with the mics, man? Just uh, I, come on. Know. Look at this guy. Like you can see me. Sorry, guys. We are having an issue. What's going on? Uh, I just want to tell you to pull the screen back. Pull the screen yeah. back. Oh, <laughs> this right here. Just, yeah, like that's is that better? 
Yeah. Can you guys hear me better? It's <laughs> much better. All right, thanks, man. Okay, Sorry. I can hear you breathing. Take two. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. We we usually you didn't we, have to stop it. Yeah, I was we, trying we, to signal you for a reason. No, it's all good. We can yeah. keep I mean, you keep it as real as possible. Oh, I love it. You like, because oh, yeah. there's no point in because guess what? Someone who's listening to this is like, oh, that's cool. We get to hear how the podcast kind of works. I mean, I worked in television. I yeah. see raw footage as it is. So yeah. anything like this, I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's, it's natural, and stuff. bro. Like um, the Bill the Bill O'Reilly when he's like, fuck it, we'll do it live. Yeah, you know, you that clip is him just in the middle yeah. of it, like it's trying. A that's raw footage. Clip now. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just gotta do it, you know. Yeah, it costs a lot of money to retake. Yeah, yeah. keep yeah. it going. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize that. Like, I had a friend recently tell me, "Yo, you know how they they always say like directors want to do like 30, 40 takes." Like, so I'm so excited for that. And I go, you know, but you when you're on set, like they you have to get it. Like you can't take thirty takes. Like yeah. you want to get it in less than like six, even that. Like. No, six production, they many. want you, even six, they, they want yeah. you to get it right away. Yeah. You know I mean, like, yeah. that's First money take, on, preferably. Yeah, and that's filming, time. Editing, like, they're not yeah. trying to wait. <laughs> that's why <laughs> you see a lot of uh, a lot of leading roles go to offers, like celebrities. And that's because they know that person's work and they know that person's going to nail it within the first few tries. Right, mm. right. So very few talented actors, especially when they're just starting, they have to prove themselves. Yeah. And you prove that, of course, with footage. So it has less to do with the finished product and more to do with the fact that because you have a finished product, we know that, and you have multiple finished products that you can show in this reel, we know that you're able to execute your lines and people can work with you and you can consistently get work. Exactly. I and mean, so you, when you show up to the big budget productions, you're gonna nail it. Absolutely, yeah. Like if you have a demo reel, that's what the actors use, and it shows you acting, you know, in very different leading capacities. And the scenes are all about you. That tells the casting director that hey, this person understands the industry. They're able to uh, adapt, and they're able to show their their versatility as an actor. So mm -hmm. whenever I look at an actor, I want to see. Of course, different character types. Like if you're that high-powered attorney, I want to see you in in the courtroom. Right. You know, if you, we can't we can't cuss on this, can we? Yeah, yeah you can say yeah, whatever you want. You're that, whatever. I'm sorry. If you're that bitch, yeah, I want to see you lead in that. You know, right. I want to see I want to see the versatility. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, definitely. I I like to say it's the, that that demo reel is can make or break it because I've seen a lot of demo reels. Like I was a casting director for a little bit just for like just to see what it was about. I saw so many people's demo reels where it was just like, dude, this is bad. Like, I don't want, I'm sorry, but like when you get to the other side, you start seeing everything. Cause then now you have a standard as a casting director, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're like, I want someone who brings it and it's like, everything is just nailed down. You know, you watch a demo reel. It's like a mini movie about yeah. a person. Right. Like you, every clip that they show you makes you want to continue that clip on. Exactly. You yeah. don't want to watch a demo reel and, and constantly ask yourself, when is this going to end? Mm. Yeah. I mean, with an actor, if your demo reel has to hook casting within the first six seconds, mm -hmm. you know, the six seconds are vital. So it needs to be something action packed, either something with great dialogue that draws them in or else they're going to, you know, they're going to skip past. They have mm. thousands of those to watch. So they're not going to watch three minutes of a thousand people. They're going to watch <laughs> the first five to 10 and whoever wins, wins. Right. Yeah. right. So that's why you're going to make an impression quick. Impression quick and make sure it's you know if you have network footage that's always the best because they resonate with that but if you don't have network footage just make sure that your short or indie that you're participating in yeah. is high definition and one hell of a scene yeah so definitely. high def is key no home cameras <laughs> yeah i mean with the time the stamp iPhone. in the corner yeah iphones take pretty much I, like just as a good quality right yeah well yeah. not for i wouldn't say iphone for a demo reel but iphone of course for like if you're say if you get an appointment to tape for a project and you don't necessarily have you know of course the canon and everything the lighting definitely use your iphone and natural lighting so that way you can get it done you yeah know? for yourself tapes yes yeah. definitely um i'm a huge proponent of saving money i don't like when actors spend a lot of money for their career so definitely so how do you feel about these uh actor studios that cost hundreds of dollars or even thousands uh thousands no um if an actor comes to me and they say they receive an offer to uh train it to school for a thousand dollars i'm going to tell them to politely delete that 
Um, it, acting classes should range anywhere between 200 to 500 bucks, um, and it should cover at least a month's worth of sessions. Uh, I say scene study, improv, uh, audition technique, on-camera, multi-cam comedy. Those are things that an actor should know, like, like the back of their hand, because it's, it's vital. You know, the industry is always changing. Concepts yeah. are always changing, so the actor has to adapt consistently in training. So. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah that, that was, was like very in depth. That was very in depth. Yeah. I love the knowledge. Yeah. Um, what is one of your like? Do you have pet peeves when people submit to you? Oh, where do we begin? <laughs> um, my biggest pet peeve is someone that just you know they email me and they say I'm looking for representation. Yeah, and they just leave it very generic like that because it's like, what are you looking for representation in? What have you done? Like, what am I? What am I representing? That's yeah. a pet peeve. Not having headshots is a pet peeve. Not doing the work is a pet peeve. Like, for instance, um, we'll get some people who, you know, they're interested in the idea of being an actor. They're interested in the idea of being a model. And then once uh, they submit, they have no material. And so I can't work with, any, with nothing. I have to have something, at least have the car going. So that way I can drive it on 60 on the freeway, you know. Mm. That's been a huge thing of us, like, when we look for actors is to make sure that there's something there so that way we can develop it hmm. so other than that you know it's a typical i'm looking for representation and we kind of figure out where they're at and how many pet peeves really oh that's awesome it sounds like just the the main part is is really them coming to prepared like if they're not prepared it's just like dude you you're not going to be prepared for the big stuff. Like this is the the little steps, you know? Right. Absolutely. Cause it's our relationships as managers that's on the line. Like when I submit a client to a cast director, or I suggest them their representation of me and my mm -hmm. company. So I want to make sure that I'm submitting the best quality candidates. So if I submit someone and you know, they have a real, they have headshots, they have training. I feel comfortable knowing that they can at least do a great job in the room. You know, I'm going to be a little bit hesitant to submit someone that doesn't have any credits or anything because if they vomit, cast director is going to mm. look at me like, Chris, what the hell are yeah. you doing? Yeah. So, yeah. It's nothing personal like when, an, you know, an agent or manager declines someone. It's basically just it's not right now. Mm. So, well, do, and, and the thing is also, I just thought about this, like, I imagine you have to have a relationship with those casting directors as well, right? Yes. Because... They have to know and trust your opinion when you send them someone like that. I feel like that starts to become a part of, of that, right? Like Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely an everyday thing that you have to do with, especially as a manager, is building those relationships. Because ultimately, uh, actors don't realize that, act uh, uh, excuse me, agents and managers have to do the same thing. Mm. You know, we have to build relationships with casting so they can trust us to suggest clients to them. So every day it's either, you know, if we're networking with new cast directors, are we trying them out? Are we using our current relationships? It fluctuates because you want to make sure that they can trust your suggestions. Mm. So, yeah, every day, definitely. I meet new cast directors, new associates, and, you know, I use strategy, of course, that actors can use as well. I might take that cast director out to lunch or I might suggest a client. And I know they probably haven't received a client from me before, so I'll actually send a, a more detailed pitch note, so that way it's it's it gives more of an incentive for them to call the client in. So. Yeah, mm. that's really interesting. Um, my head, I worked for a talent booker for a little bit, and she, what she taught me was that she was all about press, right? So you're submitting for a network. When every time she would submit with the network, she would always give them like some sort of gift um to that right. other person right the person who was in charge of the red carpets like she'd be like oh I'll, we gotta mail these things on tuesday and i'm just like why are we sending all these people gifts and she's like because then next year when we want to reach out they remember oh that little gift i got you yeah you know because nobody else is doing that so it's like you're one up or maybe one other person but it's like just you two they're you're gonna be the first to consider doesn't matter like the basket with the baked goods and yeah, like, cookies and muffins yeah it's a good finishing touch i mean especially in this industry because uh with cast directors they're taking a chance on your client they're suggesting yeah. they don't do the hiring they yeah. suggest to the networks and the producers mm -hmm. and if they're able to work your client in and they end up getting booked i say it's always great to send them a little something like cookies and stuff yeah um i had a, a client book a series regular he's currently in new zealand I sent the we sent the cast director together a spa package you know wow nice. it depends on the you know 
of course, for co-stars, such I'm not going to give like a huge gift, but just showing them thank you, you know, I appreciate you. And of yeah. course, in your situation with the press, that's always good too to keep that relationship going. Yeah. It's like everywhere you go, you like that initial connection that gets you access into this stuff, like you don't want to ruin that relationship because that in itself is a relationship and yeah. i think that's so interesting and i mean in this data or i'm sorry in this in this city at least uh that's kind of like the status quo yeah even in in the tech side of things where i was for a while we would get gift baskets from fox because we were supplying them and they liked what we were doing and we liked having them as a client so well, you know. i commend you uh what part of tech did you work in uh doing uh, business solutions for like Apple side of things. Ooh, sounds technical. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I see why you got gifts. Yeah, yeah, totally. yeah. It, it worked out. We like putting whole studios and stuff together for people. So, oh wow, That's yeah, very yeah. fulfilling job. Long hours. Uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, wow. but definitely not something that I wanted to do long term because it is still kind of retail. Yeah, even in. The, It'll buzz like tech retail, which is a bit, that's not for me. Definitely. I mean, I one thing I can't say that's great about, you know, our company and, you know, our other managers is that we focus on a variety of different fields. Like we have clients that do commercials, youth commercials, theatrical, uh, music as well. We have a manager that's actually touring with a major artist right now. Um, so that's tight. We we get different you know things that happen at the office you know and that's one thing I love about Los Angeles is the opportunity it yeah. never ends. Dude, oh my gosh, that you that's the fact that's the fact idiot's fact. <laughs> I don't know how to say that. It's just the that's the best way to describe it because there's never not opportunity. And I try to express that to everybody I meet. I go, dude, if you're telling me you're not moving up in the world or you're not moving forward in your goals, it's like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard because the city feeds off of that. Like, Yeah, because quite frankly, I always say this. It's like, if you're not doing anything, then you need to take your ass to work. Yeah. You, know, you need to reevaluate re what you're doing that's not working and take the approach. Yeah, um, absolutely. Whenever I meet with an actor or a model or a musician, I tell them, I say, okay, so what have you done? And run it to them. I'm like, hey, like, First, how is your lifestyle? You know, how are you saving money? You yeah. Know, who are you meeting? Are you attending the right events? Uh, are you at the events that where you're trying to be at with the labels and executives? Or are you, are you at the bar trying to get drunk? You know, it's one you can you learned as managers because managers is about the life. You know, you're you're holding this person's career in your hands. So yeah. You should ultimately know them like the back of your hand. Taking it seriously is the key for success. It seems like in your field. Absolutely. And just consistency and knowing that not everything happens in a day, you know, as long as you consistently work at it, just inch by inch by inch, the success comes, you know, right. I'm living proof of that. Yeah. So what's your, what's your backstory? Um, well, first I went to El Camino, which was a performing arts school. I did theater, uh, used to travel uh, with different competitions. Uh, when I got, when I turned 17, 18, I was really known for putting people together. So like I would have friends that were models yeah. and I would say, Hey, uh, here's a photographer that I know of. He's looking to shoot such and such. Let me put you guys together. Right. Um, little did I know that was management pretty much. I was managing yeah. people without contracts. I eventually turned it lucrative into my own business. Um, it actually started off as cg model management i was so infatuated with models i was like i'm going to be uh the next andre tolly yeah. i'm going to be a fashion icon i'm going to have tons of models under my roster i'm going to work with them and then it just slowly evolved it went from models to actors um i turned around and put an actor on glee uh then turn around and i have clients that are guest stars and series regulars and it just multiplied into just this powerhouse you know yeah. And at such a young age, so I've always been commended, commended for starting this at a young age, but it also was very difficult because, you know, when you get in this industry and you're, you know, 20, 21, it's really starting to get, you know, leverage. Right. You have to prove to these cast directors, these producers, these, you know, bookers that they can trust you. And it's already hard as it is being new, but yeah. being 20, 21, trying to make that happen. Yeah. It's 
it takes time. They I, don't I, take you seriously because you're so young. And- exactly. I've been hung up on. I've been ignored. I've been, I've had, beforehand, I will say this. When I was first starting, it was tough to get anyone to sign me. You know, because I was new. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't want to sign to me either. 18-year-old kid that doesn't really know anything. 19, excuse me. Yeah. Um, And for that to have such, you know, traction now and to have consistently wake up with new people and seeking advice and, you know, being a backstage expert, you know, it's just been a strong blessing. Yeah. So, yeah. Other than that, yeah, my backstory is just mainly just, you know, being persistent uh, and, and learning really i think yeah. learning was the the biggest tool that uh i ever used for my career really analyzing the bad what happened the good and making it into what it is today hmm. well, so you just mix it all up in a pot and there you go correct always learn from your mistakes if you're not making mistakes then you know you're not moving right you're not making progression within your career was there ever anything that like a mistake you made where you kind of took some time like it kind of hit you hard or was there um, I think the biggest mistake I made was wanting someone's career more than what they wanted themselves. Ooh. You know, and I still kind of learned that here and there because you'll get someone that comes in and you're like, oh my God, this person's a star. So it's yeah. such. And then, of course, life hits, you know. Um, they have full-time jobs and they can't audition. It sucks. Um, they don't have the same vision and drive where you're like, okay, so this pilot just came out. You know, can you read the script and, you know, the script? 70 100 pages and they're only on page two in three weeks so you know you learn little things and i think yeah just learning for me <laughs> which <laughs> ones are actually interested and want to do this and the serious versus yo that yeah. that's <laughs> what like yo you send me a script read it two two pages three weeks in that that person that's like surprising absolutely you know it becomes a thing to where it's like you, you learn eventually. Mm-hmm. And as, not just as actors and talent, you learn as managers, like which ones are going to really, you know, bring home the bacon. Like <laughs> yeah. So do you, obviously you focus a little more energy on the ones that are paying the bills. Yeah, I mean, that's realistic. I mean, no one goes to a regular job and volunteers. They go to get yeah. the check. Yeah. So if I'm, you know, with a client, I want to make sure that client is continuously elevating in their career. And if they're not, that's not just the actor's fault. It also reflects on me. Right. So definitely, if if I'm if I have a client, musician, actor, producer, writer, like, they're going to be the best damn producer, actor, writer that's on my roster. Nice. So. I know you can't play favorites, but do you have anyone that you are really riding with hard right now? I, ooh, good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely have, um, I would say all, I love all my clients. I think all my clients are very exceptional. Um, I'm very proud of the success that a few of my clients have had. Um, we have a client, um, his name is Keith Burke. He's on the haves and have nots. He's recurring on there. He has a strong name on there. I have a client, Abraham. I can't name the series because it's a non disclosure. I understand. But he's on a new series that's coming out uh, for two seasons. So that's wonderful. Um, yeah, uh, I have a client, Hazel E. I love her. She's definitely been a, just a creative soul. Yeah. Yeah. Can create music. You know, she's executive produced TV shows. Like, awesome um yeah i have a client matthew avery smith who you know had no credits to his name you know he probably had like one short film right and he was able to book a co-star in his first year or excuse me first month of being with me so it's definitely yeah we we have some strong people i really you know i love vester martin uh ray cunningham a lot of different clients that I, i adore so how long does it take from initial audition to uh i guess booking the role it varies um with commercials it's pretty fast i mean you get the you get the audition you have the callback you're pinned and then eventually you're booked if you make it um television and film television is fast too television you know they put out episode 205 you know co-stars guest stars and such the audition they uh you know the callback or no excuse me no callbacks with tv it's usually just straight pins oh wow so and then they book 
if it's a series regular, it's a little bit more in depth. Of course, you have the pre-reads if the cast director doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Uh, producer sessions where they get to meet the actors. Maybe it's in a casual environment such as this where we're sitting down and you know they might read lines. Then the clients test which is where the net, they go in front of the networks. We negotiate a deal for them if they already get the series and then they're booked. So nice. That happens with every television sitcom. Everyone has to test with in front of the, the head honcho. Mm-hmm. So. And in feature films, it varies, you know. If the, if the feature... You, wait, wait, hold on. I just want to make When you say the, test. Yeah, when you say test, oh. I'm just like, yo, yo. Okay. Like this, yeah. uh, so a test basically is where the actors say if they make it through the pre-read, which is if the actor excuse me, the cast person doesn't know who they are, and they go through the uh, producer session, and then there's any other session between, which is usually not director, possibly. Yeah. Um, they go with what's called a test. A test is where the manager and the agent negotiates the rate for that client. That means that they're being suggested for to go in front of the networks. So it's a whole contract that the the agent and managers go over and negotiate the rate. The test is when the actor goes in to deliver that final performance. They wow. might be with four or five actors, maybe even celebrities in the same room going in and out throughout the day just doing the lines that's pressure yo the executive at um let's say fox might be in the room and he might say okay you know do your thing four other executives in there okay go out and then have the other person come in then they're going to talk to the casting director and say okay maybe we want the first one to come back and maybe we need him to be a little bit more joyous or maybe he needs to be a little bit more pissed off Mm -hmm. you know and the best person that fits that in the unanimous vote gets the role Wow! Wow! That simple. Yeah. You know, but it, you see how it has like you got more execs up there basically deciding everything. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's like that's their main part of their job. Like just like we're at the top. That's yes. kind of. I didn't know or that. No, that's super yeah. interesting. Yes, it's very. Um, we it's like we the had Supreme a client. Court. We had a client test uh, last month for a very popular series. Um, she didn't get it unfortunately because the network and it's not because she didn't do a good job the network actually decided to change the character at the last minute wow and that's the thing you know it's uh this industry is so very up and down especially with series regulars yeah. because they are looking to pin someone there that's going to be in there for the long run right so, yeah. and it's crazy how just even someone deciding oh we're going to rewrite the the script it might not have anything to do with that character, but they might still get whacked. Yeah, exactly. There's been times where, you know, even at a table read, which is where you get to meet with the other actors and read the chemistry read and see how the, see how they vibe together. Right. Um, roles are actually, even at that point, they're actually at any moment, Oof. you know, even when they're filming, I'm pretty sure you've seen certain TV shows where they're like, okay, this character's being killed off. Yeah. That's the end of their job. Yeah. You know, they'll still get the residuals, of course, from an airing, if it's syndication and such. But yeah. once that's done and they're dead. That's it. They better pray, like, you know, with Empire, when they had, um, um, you know, the woman that passed away, right. the wife. Uh, that was killed, murdered, and they brought her back for, you know, as the ghost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's the, you know, that's the only benefit of you coming back, but the chances of that happening is very slim. Yeah, <laughs> like a flashback scene yeah. or like a memory or a dream. Like, I feel like that, it's either a memory or a dream <laughs> or like you're being haunted by your conscience. Yeah. Exactly. You know what you did. You know, yeah. And then it's them, like they're just looking they're at just, you. Yeah. Camera zooms in. Like, with like the way you killed them. Like, yeah, right, right in the background, like you hitting her with the bat. Yeah. Like, Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like and that's a manager's dream if their clients <laughs> fall back after being cut from a series. But the good thing about being in a series regular is after that, you have so many opportunities as far as press uh, wise. And yeah. a lot of actors, well, I won't say a lot, but the good ones that make pretty good of an impact with, you know, pop culture and just, you know, the culture as a whole, watchers, audience, you know, they end up being leads in films. You know, they end up taking off. So, like Jim. Like Jim, yeah. Right, and the the crazy thing is John Krasinski, like he, uh, the office really just recently became like mega sensation because it was good. But then recently it's like everybody just started watching it again. Well, it's and just it, like a cult sensation and Netflix <laughs> makes it easy. And so. Nef- I think it's when, when Netflix acquired it, boom, that really would because more people started because you couldn't watch it. You would have to go pirate it. They didn't have yeah. anywhere to go unless you bought the season. But nobody's trying to do all that. Nah. But he literally got to do a quiet place and now a quiet place too which he's writing like because of the office like right and that to me is crazy like yeah 
I mean, Netflix is definitely the future of everything. Um, I love, I love the chances that Netflix takes on content. Mm. I think it's you know it's definitely it's 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 going uphill. You know, uh, it's a lot of projects that come out of course for network television. But mm-hmm. even as a manager, every day, you know, I I'm privy to the shows and feature films that are in production and are casting. So. Yeah. I love when I can see, you know, a Netflix project come out that's completely straight to order or uh, Amazon project or, you know, even Facebook Watch is definitely picking up. I want to find out what's happening with that Twitter movie. Which, that there's I a Twitter heard. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'll give that a shot. What's yeah. the name of that? I, um, AT&T is making their original. Did you see the billboard that's out here? And um, it's on Hollywood. But it, I think it's like Louder Milk is their first original, and it just it sounds really weird. Like I don't know what the show's gonna be about. Well, those are the ones that are usually the best ones, the ones that pique your interest, and yeah. then you That's true. see it. Yeah, because I probably will check it out now that I think about it. Because I saw it again, and I was like, that seems so odd. Where do you have to access this at? Actually, don't tell us. It's not a free ad, but <laughs> I want to check it out soon. No, it's well, it's an AT and T original, but I don't know what that entails. Yeah, like, what do does that have, mean? Because what does that mean, right? Like, do you have to everybody be- with an AT and T phone? It's just gonna be like the U two album in your phone. Why uh, do I feel like I heard something about those who have iPhones are privy to certain stuff for free? Oh, something. really? Yeah, I saw something about that. Like, like what? I don't know, but we need to collect it. We all have. I iPhones, know, right? right? I know, good? right? Shoot. Uh-huh. Well, the, the thing about Apple is I feel like they should give us, like, if you've had an iPhone for at least five, ten years, they should give you their streaming service that That's they're creating. That's what it was. It was, uh, actually, it was Apple TV. Yeah. Mm. Like, you um, should get, well, like. Apple TV? Everybody got TV now. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Direct TV, TV, too. It's their streaming service because um, we have a client that's on the upcoming Apple series, mm-hmm. uh, Are You Sleeping by Octavia Spencer. Yo, I, uh, I've been doing work on that project. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I do locations, and I've just been doing all of their SIG work. Yes. Yeah. Are You Sleeping is definitely, I was privy to read the pilot, and it's, it's a good one. Uh, I'm excited then. Well, it's it's backed by Oprah, right? Like she pumped a bunch of money into it, right? I remember reading that. I'm not sure where she like they her and Apple made some sort of. I believe so. Let me look it up. I want to say I'm I'm like I don't know about that part. I don't know about that part because I I remember who cussed the chick. (laughs) 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 Definitely, yeah. It's a lot of great series coming out. Um, I think Apple. Is definitely going to be a powerhouse because right now Netflix is dominating in Hulu, mm-hmm. you know, and Amazon's doing pretty well too. Yeah, there was one, um, Rise and Go 90, but I don't think it ever really took off. Nah, I haven't heard of that. I know there's one Crackle, um, yes. which is it's straight, yeah. Crackle's a good indie, yeah. Okay, so I, I found it. So she signed the mega deal with Apple for origi- original programming. Okay. Yeah, good for her. Good for her. So she's gonna be making content for them, right? Um, or what does that mean? Possibly. Possibly. I, right? I think I think it would be mainly you know, Oprah backing. You mm. know, because Oprah has been involved yeah. for a while with a lot of different networks. Like I don't know if you know, she was a a, a strong figure with Oxygen when it first started. Right. Really. Yeah. She and was, then that spun off into her own. The to own. own. To yeah. Own. Yeah. Which is still a thing. That's actually I met her at Owns Own Networks. Yes, uh, where, uh, Santa Monica. It's, it's right there on uh, Formosa in yes, Hollywood, right West Hollywood. Yes. Oh yeah. See, um, said, I love that network. And of course, we have a client that recurs on there. I think the content is, you know, it's very good, especially with Tyler Perry. Yeah. Uh, I love Tyler Perry movies. I don't care what anybody says. For some reason, recently they got they started getting a lot of flack against them, and I was like, I, when I was a kid, that was one of the things I used to watch a lot. Like yeah. my John Franco introduced us to Medea Family Reunion, and then we bought the DVD, and it was just like the funniest movie ever. Yeah. It was completely raw, and I I really identify uh, or, or can appreciate Tyler Perry's story. You know, yeah. he was he coming up it. from the plays and all that, living right. in his car, yeah. producing the play at the same time. I bet you would never thought that it would have taken off like this and that character <laughs> how simple that character was and how real it was and it, it, it flourished for him and the fact that it's all independent means he cashes all the checks exactly exactly he thought big he was like yeah. look I'm gonna get this theater I'm gonna you know 
betray this woman, <laughs> this outlandish woman. It's hilarious, and I'm gonna put some put some asses in the seats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the uh, the SNL sketch with Jamie Foxx where he plays? It's like Tyler. This summer, Tyler Perry is Tyler Perry and Medea at the same time, and he's like I've split. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he split down the middle, and one side's Medea, and he's like talking to himself the whole time. Uh, 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 Jamie Foxx kills that man. I he's super it. funny. What yeah. has he been up to? He hasn't been. Jamie Foxx, um, actually one of my clients is really close with Jamie. Jamie is, uh, I would say he's definitely, he's keeping busy. Yeah. yeah. He's always been such a talented artist to me. Like, I appreciate everything from his acting to his music, his longevity with being on sitcoms. Like, yeah. he, he is the ideal actor, or mm. excuse me, ideal entertainer. You You're right. I want to know that I can send an entertainer in and they can sing a note, dance, pop, and booked the role yeah so. yeah right. even way back before people took his music seriously because yeah. he was a comedian exactly comedian as well and it was like when he was on uh the jamie fox show you know he always interjected parts of him singing you mm-hmm. know and those even those those interludes those melodies that he was singing they were yeah. capturing it, it, even if it was like five seconds it was like damn it's like jamie wow singing. that was wavy yeah yeah, yeah. and mm-hmm. I mean, now look, a whole couple Grammys later. A couple Grammys later. Uh, and he Oscar. just had an amazing birthday party that I wasn't invited to. No, <laughs> a lot of my clients were there. Uh, yeah, you know, he's definitely, and he gives back. That's yeah. always good. So. I hear his parties are nuts. Like, he throws really good parties. I always see the pictures from my clients, uh, especially, you know, my name clients, you know. And last year, I think he, I don't, I don't want to butcher his age, was it 50? 50 something around there yeah something but it like was that. it was really it was really dope. i mean he's been yeah. big for a long time now yeah like yeah a long long time but that's really awesome because he was such a good like positive very like he's a good role model to have i think because i feel like so many people get captivated like kids too and it's something people don't really think about but a lot of kids they watch these actors and they, they want to be that so they use them as like an image to that i want to be like them but if you pick someone bad like like the people when people were obsessed with Twilight, I'm like, guys, this isn't that this isn't that interesting. Like, I don't understand what the big deal is. You know, it's just it's just two two dudes. Like, I think just, certain shows are really, you know, I'm not gonna lie, acquired taste. Yeah, you, know, you watch shows to to really connect with. You're not gonna connect with everything. No, you know? no, no. I have to watch television because when I submit on breakdowns, I need to know who such and such a sister is, or I need to know what that climax was or what happened that last episode before the new season's casting. Right. You know, it's just a part of the job. And there's some shows I watch and I'm just like, this is really good. It's capturing me. Yeah. And there's some shows where I'm like, damn, I gotta watch this. (laughs) (laughs) Let me just ask, uh, I have Sade who works in my office as well. Let me just ask her to watch this. (laughs) She can give me notes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you usually know within the first five, 10 minutes if you're gonna really want to watch this for a long time or not i usually give it an episode or two i'll say you know it's it's not picking up i'm like i'll just we'll wing this one yeah yeah i I do episodes as well mainly because i i think that there's always a show could just have a really bad start and then halfway through it it picks up and then the next episode is like oh this is perfect you know I've seen that happen, and then i've seen shows where they start off really good and then the second half of the episode just loses you and you're just like that's just TV, man. Or even yeah. recurring seasons. Like, you know, you'll have one good season, and then you could tell the creative writing process has changed in the second season. Mm. And it just character development probably slows down, and that's how they end up on Cancellation Island. Yeah. So, every Cancellation <laughs> Island. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like a sad place. We definitely, um, uh, one thing I will say is that we have to keep in touch with what's going on in Hollywood. Yeah. So when that cancellation list and pickup list comes every year after pilot season, we're just like, man, this show's gone. Yeah. I'm happy that they, uh, cause we did, uh, episode, a couple episodes of, uh, timeless on NBC. Yeah. I was disheartened when they canceled that. I was like, what? They haven't even finished the story. Yeah. But yeah. they're giving them actually hope I can say this. They're giving them actually two episodes uh to final to wrap know, it up. To wrap it up. Good. Two finale. That's Yo, fair. Yeah, that's fair as fuck. Like <laughs> if people your fans more than anything, like you're invested oh, in right. the in the story and you took you took the time to watch. Like right. like you here want and the, now the people to still remain on your network even oh. though 
their shit's ending. Yeah, there are two. Um, like I said, there's two episodes, so it'll be great for them to really tell that story. And then the the amount of feedback they got as well from when Timeless was canceled. Yeah, they had blimps in the sky saying "Bring Timeless back." People protesting. So yeah. I knew they were gonna do something eventually to show it. So, well, I like it. Brooklyn Nine Nine is my favorite show. Did you hear okay. about the way it all just lost? And then it was like hope was lost, and all of a sudden it was like boom, it's back. Yeah. You know. And the crazy thing about that is. I never would have thought everybody was thinking it's going to go to a streaming service, but another network picked it up. And I thought that was so interesting. Like NBC was just like, we'll take it. Like, they could tell when all the, all this like hype started, they were like, Oh, there's fans, bro. Well, you we'll guys- see the hype is one thing, but now that people, the hype train has to, to back it up. Like, are you going to watch consistently? I always do for a season. Yes. No, you watch it on Hulu like everybody else in the world. Oh, of no course. No one watches it live. Oh, if you're asking me if I'm going to watch it on NBC, no. I'm that not going to watch it, but whole, I'm going to watch it consistently That on was Hulu. the whole problem. Oh, was well. people weren't watching it on Fox. People yeah, were sure. watching reruns on Hulu. So it's oh. like it does it pay to have people watch it in syndication? Maybe you have to broker a better deal next time. I don't know. That's more of an executive question, but I can say, I mean, based on gauge and demand, that's where a network really takes interest. They want to know how many people are going to be watching it. Yeah. And for them to pick it up, there must have been something there, something discussed that, you know, brought some interest, you know. But I think any show that has like a strong hype like that behind it, it, it could possibly be retrieved from Cancellation Island. Like Family Guy was one of those shows. It was canceled and done, and then Adult Swim picked it up. Ratings went through the roof, exactly. and now Seth MacFarlane has like eighty things on air. Yeah, yeah. so we got this happen um, uh, with the game that was on. Uh, was it CW? Yeah, on CW they moved to to BET yep. to renew it. Um, there was a big thing. I'm telling my age. Uh, with UPS or not UPS excuse U- me UPN uh, UPN yeah. UPN yeah. UPN uh, went under changed the whole dynamic of their channel and sent a lot of their projects to CW Girlfriends mm-hmm. uh, uh, Eve all, all my good shows all my yeah, I know. sitcoms that's so, the prime time slot right there yeah it happened I always say when the show is cancelled you know it's not permanent you yeah, know? yeah. It, could, it could be picked up easily well, even Designated Survivor, which I just started watching on ABC. I've, it's funny because I watched the first season, then I took a year off, and then I watched the second season. Still great. Second season takes you on a whole different level, which is crazy. But um, they they got canceled, and then Netflix picked them up. And I was just like, thank God, because I had already invested the time in watching season two. <laughs> and I didn't want it to be like, the story. Yeah, the story's over. Because yeah. it was such a big cliffhanger. I hate when shows do that. When it's like a big cliffhanger, and then all of a sudden it's like... And we're never coming back. So it's yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. That's something that's very frustrating. I say if they, I like to say if you're gonna cancel it, at least give it, you know, final farewell. Just yeah. tell us what the hell happened. Like what happened? Yeah. Or at least like I was uh, tweeted or something. Or, or yeah, like yeah. if the creator of the right. show could just do like a YouTube video of him telling what the story was gonna continue on as, or it's like where it could have gone. Well, I don't. Can you legally do that? You probably can't. It's yeah. like very stern. When you deal with network contracts, like yeah. you, you can't talk about nothing. Because nope. in case they want to eventually pick that back up, yeah, you know, they can't do that if you already told what happened. Yeah, I feel like you could describe it, and then the you could say, and then the fans would be like, "We'll fund it, ta ta money," you know. And it's, shit, you're gonna get sued, boy. Yeah, I mean, well, you just broker them in, be like, look, look at all the people who are sending me money. Like, let's make it happen. I'll, I'll like, put half of it in. We'll oh. cut you out, sue you, blackball you'll never work in this industry again, and we'll still release it because we own it. I don't know. And we already know that people want it back. Well, if I'm on YouTube, I already made a video. I'm making another video of just destroying that network. Those fans are, those fans are coming right back you're saying, you're just right. Yeah. They fucked you over. And I'm going to be like, yeah, they no, did. that's your new career. That's you're my like, new career. The, I'm the Alex, Jones. Alex Jones. <laughs> you're just turned into yeah. Alex Jones. And you'll get uh, a good cease and desist in the mail. Yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. And those videos will come straight like, nah. down. Especially because <laughs> I represent influencers as well. And, you know, YouTube... You can't even breathe wrong and your videos are taken down. So yeah, for real. Yes. They're definitely. going in. Cool. I mean, music-wise, um, I, I didn't really touch up on that, but, you know, definitely you want to make sure, if you're, especially if you're submitting to us or our company, yeah. that you have at least a few tracks to work with so we can see, you know, what you have. What are you doing? Like an EP. 
EP yeah. single. Um, JC, like I said, who works at our office, um, he's heavily into music and he's touring right now with a very well-known artist. So yeah, yeah, definitely. He just he just prefers, like I said, to have at least a couple of tracks to know. Yeah, that's dope. Um, but I just one last one last thing um, before we start to wrap up. Um, what what would you say is something like like let's say someone's kind of a, like wondering or like thinking they're kind of afraid to send to you. Like, what kind of advice would you give to someone who maybe is just starting out in the industry and it's just like, where do I go from here? Like, how do I find it? I mean, of course, if it's an actor, you know, headshots, resume, clips, model, you should have a book music like i just said a couple of tracks that we can listen and learn your sound um you my thing is if you're going to submit even if it's not just to me to any agent or manager in town even a record label be confident in your stuff you know yeah you're not going to know everything you know it's never going to happen where you're the the top of every even celebrities you know they still learn every day just submit and convince the manager or agent why you're the one that they need to take the the risk the the investment on you know mm. oh please tell you know what look i know my stuff isn't at 100 percent, but however i'm in these classes or you know i'm recording at this studio or you know i met this these are my relationships with these cast directors that consistently call me in i think i just need some guidance or yeah. i need someone to help me to uh perfect my material while i do my job as well so wow. we kind of wrap that up into a nice little bow. Yeah. Uh, confidence, you know, sell me on it. Like I'm gonna sell you that I'm the best damn manager in town. You better sell me that you're the best damn client I need to have. So, <laughs> wow. So let me, I gotta ask because I guess I guess you're the closest that I would ever be to an answer. But do you know, like for some of your clients, have any of them come back to you? in light of this whole me too era we're in and been like hey someone tried to cast and couch me um or been like hey i cast i got cast and couch but i got the job like what's <laughs> up dog um i how could i put this i have had clients that have had experiences where they felt uncomfortable okay. and they conveyed that to me yeah um I we there was no action taken so there was nothing as drastic as what's currently going on with the movement. Right. However, um, it is pretty frequent. You know, it's yeah. it's a topic that is of discussion. I mean, we just had three new managers start today, and uh, you know, I had to advise them be like you document, be completely professional with clients, right, and make sure that the client is in, in the best circumstances possible because it's, it's, it's inevitable. You're going to go in there, you're going to meet cast directors, you're going to meet different people who might not have the the best thing in mind for you. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, not really. So it's not uh, it's not a lot of super villains out there like the media might make you think. No, not necessarily. Not from my perspective. Right, um, right. I think it's mainly those who have a large amount of power mm. and if they aren't using it you know in, in the most cleanest way possible it can shift you know the, depending on how desperate the actor is and such yeah and what i try to tell my actors is you don't have to do anything besides be you know resourceful be a good talent get your material done and show them that you're the one to get in the room. And a lot of the biggest things that actors overlook is social media is strong, you know? Yeah. Uh, ultimately, the goal is to cut back from that budget. So if they can cut back from the budget with having someone that has a million followers, great acting skills, and a resume, right? like, you instantly get in the room because they want a name. And that's essentially what a celebrity is. A celebrity is a name that's going to put asses in the seat yeah. and can deliver a great performance. So. Mm. Nice. Yeah. So now uh, a vital factor for someone to be successful in this day and age in Hollywood is to actually have that million followers on Instagram or that million followers on Twitter. It's beneficial. It's not absolutely required because at the end of the day, you still will have clients that, you know, it's just, they get lucky. You know, they, they might be the best one for that job. But ultimately, you know, it's a benefit to have a good following because, like I said, the networks, they want to cut back on that publicity budget. Right. And they can do that knowing that if they have such and such who's an actor that has, you know, a good following verified, that they 
it's going to be guaranteed asses in the seats or watching it on television. Right. Yeah, because right. it's it's such a big name sensation that there's no way they're going to fail because that person already knows that everything's on the line right now. Exactly, exactly. You know, it puts the the neck of the, excuse me executives in. Uh, a good spot, knowing that the lead that they chose, you know, has a good following. Yeah. Do you th- do you um does it do you care about that stuff like at the initial or do you take take interest in, in just the person mainly? Um, um, the main person mainly. For, yeah. When I look at a submission, uh, you know, I look for the talent first. I'm like, okay, so let me see if they have clips. Is the headshots okay? If it's music, do they have something that, you know, JC could bump to? Mm. Like, you know, I really <laughs> go through it to make sure that this person is worth an in-person interview. Because you know, I don't want to waste my time. I don't want to waste yours. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, it's a talent. And then they have social media uh, a following. That's a bonus. Mm. You know, I personally, we, you know, we have our, our own social media following with our company. And we see the difference that it has. We have people that consistently send us direct messages, you know, with music. I got sound call links mixtape link like it's every day and you know sometimes i when i'm bored i'll go through it and pick someone out to come to the office you know yeah so i pick people out just from a direct message to come to the office nice wow so before we let you go do you want to tell us um your instagram your your company's instagram and you know that way people can reach out if you know, if they want to take a shot. I mean, you guys can judge for yourselves. Chris sounds like a really awesome person and just very open to listening to um, new people. And he, I, I'm sure, I don't want to speak for you, but I believe you. You look for talent and like more and more than anything else, a personality that you can, you know, you can talk to. Right. Well, first, thank you for the compliment. Um, I look for, of course, talent. Um, confidence is the most overlooked thing. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, even for us, we, like I said, when we pitch the casting directors and stuff, like we have to be confident in the talent. Even if we know they're not, you know, a celebrity, we still gotta, we still gotta put in the work for confidence. So, that, um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Chris Giovanni Two Eyes, uh, business, uh, Gem Talent, C G E M Talent on Instagram, Twitter, cgemtalent.com, which has all the submission guidelines. And I always say, if you're going to submit to me, just, you know, be confident in your stuff. You know, yeah. don't don't second guess. Just say, look, I'm here for an objective. I'm in L.A. I need management. I want to be an actor. This is my stuff. I want to be a musician. Here's my stuff. Take a listen. And I go through every submission. You know, sometimes I'll be at the office. And we have like six, seven, eight plus headshots. And I'll go through all of them. If I like them, I'll call them back. Nice. Uh, I would say every month, 100, 200, 300 plus submissions. And I go through each one, like, okay, is this person serious about their craft? Right. Mm. Yeah. It varies. It varies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, do you ever, do you ever see someone who you, I mean, I feel like you, you kind of spoke about this, but like when you get a submission and like, maybe it's just headshots and you're just like, nah, this person looks like. Like they could get casted tomorrow, and you're just like, like this is a superstar. Like, can you how, how how much does it take for you to know, like, oh, this person has it, what it takes, you know? Um, there's certain headshots that I'll look at. Even not headshots. I mean, I've gotten just regular, just iPhone. I'm talking about grainy iPhone photos. And if they're young, and I see something, or if they just have a great look, or there's just something about them that's capturing, you know, it doesn't have to be you have the best headshots right away, you know. It could be just the look in your eyes, the sincerity, the character type. If I see that, then I'm going to call you in because that's something you can fix, you right. know? Like, if you get a, a, a scratch on your car, you know, you can always get that fixed. Yeah. A bad headshot, you know, just throw you with a good photographer, you know, give you directions as far as wardrobe and such, and they're, they're shiny new. It's like a brand new car off the lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never worry about that. You know, headshots. Um, only thing I would say that I would worry about is just someone that can't really articulate what they want for their career. Because uh, I can't tell you that. Right. That's something you all, that has to be self-taught. Those people are susceptible to anything because they don't know what they want. Exactly. And those are the ones that usually, you know, I hate to say it, they come to L.A. and they end up back home by the end of the month because they don't know. Man, look, let me tell you, I've seen it so many times. People Same come here. here, think that they're just going to live the life and then they don't realize like it's it's a real (laughs) underbelly to it that you have to understand before you can get to that point 
absolutely it's tempting you know in la is a town where you have to be resourceful and there's no room for mistakes you know yeah and one mistake can have you back home to wherever you're from yeah missouri missouri <laughs> or it could have you setting up a tent on skid row i've seen people do that too like yeah, they're yeah. just like dude i'm homeless and i'm like snap yeah. you get caught up in the game drugs get take hold of you anything yeah i think but. taraji p henson's story is just so strong for her to come here with her child seven hundred dollars you know and yeah. to multiply that and i know she went through hardship of course trying to make that especially here in la yeah seven hundred dollars this is that even our tanks now? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, so this is definitely just being resourceful and, and being on it. Don't take no for an answer. I always say, I wake up every morning and I say, what can I do to bring more, generate more money for my business, you know? And I just even have to write it down. I got goals on my refrigerator. I say my goals every day before I go to bed. Yeah. When I wake up and I tackle the next day, so... That sounds Damn, awesome. Well, like, yeah, sounds yeah. super efficient, man. Yeah, and yeah. he's a living, breathing, you know, uh, result of that. So, right, yeah. success, much success to you, my friend. Thank you. And Appreciate hopefully, you come back again sometime. Kick it with us. Yes, we'll have to do something because right now we're getting into the holidays where everyone gets fat. Yeah. <laughs> when we come back in January, we'll definitely have to do a pilot season session. Yeah, right. definitely. Yeah, that yeah, would be fun. Shows come out. It's yeah. to happen. Yeah, no we'll kidding. We'll pick man. them apart. So, is there before I let you go? Just one last thing. So, is there seasons? Do you, would you say like for like rises and lows in your in managing as well? Um, we have very two. Are you, are you talking about like how success wise? No, oh, just like, just the like, the, like opportunities coming in, like because I feel like there's a dry spell season. Like, oh yeah, totally. Um, it's multiple dry seasons. There is, uh, of course, when pilot season comes between January to about uh, well, this year started January. Usually it was like late January, February. Yeah, um, that extends to about April, May. Yeah, and that time between June to about maybe mid late July, it's dead. It's, yeah. you know it's little stuff coming out and i'll still submit clients on like you know short films and stuff uh little co-stars to keep them busy and then of course episodic seasons where all the television shows that were picked up or returning their cast which is currently uh july late july mid late july to about october november so right now we're towards the end of pilots excuse me episodic season um a lot of the shows are already cast they're onto their latter episodes so um, we're getting ready to get into another dry period, which is uh, the holidays where the seasons go dark, yeah. the shows go dark. So yeah, that'll be our dry season. Which is really interesting to me because, like, that's a long time for just like, what do you what, do? You find like music videos and commercials like you shift your focus or? Um. Well, when you are a manager and you have clients that have booked, you mm-hmm. can pretty much live off of the the fee. The, not oh. only the fee from the jobs, of course, the commission, mm-hmm. but also there's the residuals. Commercials are renewed. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into that because that's so complex, but there's certain commercials that get renewed and you get that income that comes from it. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know commercials could get renewed. Well, that's how Lamorne Morris was discovered from his uh, Twix exactly. commercial. Exactly. So. Exactly. And if it continues to be renewed, I mean, look at uh, what's the one for the progressive commercials? Flow. Flo? That woman's paid. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, she banks. Yeah. Even the guy, the one guy that uh, I can't take that right. Like every time you hear stuff like that, like and it continuously plays, they get money from that. Yeah, mm. so, yeah, yeah. It's always, uh, of course, you have your clients that do their own projects as well. I have clients that have written books, clients that put out clothing lines, and so the percentages is it's always fine during the holidays. Yeah, yeah. Wow. wow that do you have anyone that you want to shout before we let you go? Um, me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shout out Chris Giovanni for real. Um, definitely uh, thank you to Luigi for inviting me and you guys. Yes, yes. Uh, very appreciative. Um, my office staff, of course, Sade, JC, uh, Ariel, Frank, Tyrone, Sade. Uh, very helpful. We tackle commercials, theatrical, music, we're a powerhouse. We just picked up a script. Uh, we definitely can't wait to release that soon. Um, I said by 30, I'm going to be on the for- cover of Forbes. And also by next year, I want to have my first film produced. So this is my first time picking up a script and yeah. taking on a producer capacity and getting it shot. So nice. Yeah. Yo, that sounds awesome. So yeah. It sounds like you got some big things planned yeah, and I'm very man. excited. A lot on your plate. Exactly. 
Well, cool. thank you so much for coming on, Chris. Yeah, um, of course. This has been a fantastic episode. I feel yeah. like everybody kind of got a lot of insight into that world, and right, you know, right. for the actors, and for the, the actresses behind it. Yeah, this is this has been your little sneak preview into that world. If if you want to go into that field, um, chase it. Like he said, chase it with confidence, and don't be afraid of the nose because yeah. on the other side of that, flip it. It's a yes. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you want to be uh, on the show or you have any questions, you can email us at show at let's clear the haze.com or yeah. me personally willie yeah. at let's clear the haze.com or you can just dm us on our instagram as well or twitter you know yeah. reaches out any way you want if you're in la and you want to come on the show you're more than welcome to right. get on the seat or <laughs> if you want to fly us out to you that's cool too <laughs> right Here's well that. yeah no kidding right yeah, um so it's been it's been a pleasure guys we'll see you on episode six yeah peace peace